0: Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, All-wheel drive. Standard third-row seating available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: coming up on the latest edition of the gimme the hot sauce podcast we visit with the ultimate nba insider espn's zach Lowe. hey zach take us behind the scenes a little bit of the the great feature that you do every week 10 things i like and i
2: don't like i just watch a lot of basketball like it's there's no secret. it's amazing i always tell people it's amazing how far you can get now just by watching basketball
1: Plus, Stacy takes us down the list of guy code violations. Uh oh.
3: Going to Hell Club and these nice, beautiful plush leather chairs, and then you see some hairy, naked guy <laughs> sitting butt ass naked in the chair, sliding around on the leather, sliding around. And then looking at you, and he'll ask you this question Oh, would you like to see something else?
1: Great to be here for a brand-new edition of Gimme the Hot Sauce. I'm Mark Shanowski, joined by Stacey King, and the whole crew is here. John Walsh, Tim Kelly is here, and Southside Susie made the trip negotiating the uh, treacherous travel from Wisconsin to Illinois. Not so much today, but over the weekend it wasn't so great. We'll get to that a little bit later on our on the down-low segment. And we got a special treat coming up for NBA fans in our next segment in about 10, 15 minutes or so. We're going to have the great Zach Lowe. You know him from the Low Post podcast, his great work on ESPN, on their sports center programs. You see him on the jump, you read him on ESPN.com. So he's going to join us, catch us up on all things NBA coming up in the next segment. But first of all, we're going to turn to our friend Stacy King who's been working hard lately calling some games over at the United Center and it was good they got that win against the Knicks because that Portland one really stung. I mean, six points in the last five seconds. They needed to bounce back, and, and they got a good win over Tibbs and the Knicks.
3: Well, the good thing about it is is that they found a way to win the game, and that's been a problem you know, this season is that they're doing all the right things to get to the point to win the game, but they're just not able to finish the game. And so last night was a, was a good sign because it looked like the Knicks had got some momentum you know, R.J. Barrett hit a big shot. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, the Bulls started executing. They scored five out of their last six possessions, and they finished the game strong.
1: I heard uh, Adam Amin mentioned on the broadcast yesterday that only like nine times in the history of the NBA a team has lost when they had a five-point lead in the last ten seconds. It happened twice over the weekend. It happened to the Bulls. And then the very next day, the Brooklyn Nets did the same thing. They, they let Beal hit a three. They threw the ball away, and Westbrook hit a three, and they wound up losing the game. You were stunned. I, mean, I know you said this on the air, but that I know you so well, and normally you're such a professional. That one, that one hurt you. <laughs> yeah, a, that was the, fan. that
3: was a gut punch. I yeah. mean, you know, there was no reason why they shouldn't have won that game. Yeah. They played so well uh, getting back into the game because Portland had the momentum early in the game and, and got off to a good start. Uh, Damon Lillard is, is in my opinion, top point guard, one of the top point guards in this league, and, and with all the injuries that they had you're missing C.J. McCollum, you're missing uh, Nurkic, you know, two starters. Uh, they're a little banged up, but, you know, they found a way to, to come on the road and, and to get a game. At the end of the games, I mean, you know, Damon Lillard is one of the guys you don't want shooting the basketball when it, the game right. is on the line. And the way that the way that went down, I mean, from the, from the trap ball being called a, you know, a jump ball, which Zach was kind of fouled by,
1: yeah, 90% of the time they're going to call yeah, foul. There. Yeah,
3: and so they didn't call a foul, but you know, Zach was fouled by by Trent and then again to say Zach should have never been in that situation where that's one of the most trappable places to go where he got trapped at. And you got to know that as a veteran player. You've been in the league long enough to know you do not want to get, you know, trapped in that situation on that side of the court.
1: Should the Bulls have called a timeout there in advance of well, the ball half court?
3: I mean, Billy 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 said he probably should have in that situation, but you know, would have, could have. I mean, it's right. one of those situations where you get the ball in. Best free throw shooter. You got your best free throw shooter, and you know the call wasn't. You know they didn't go the Bulls way. They called. End up being a jump ball, but where where it got me was the jump ball situation. You know, you got to understand. They, you know, they're in front of their basket, so you've got to be have your antennas on. You've got to be alert. Any loose ball, man, you've got to get on the floor. You you've got to get on the floor. And so when that jump ball happened. You know, Covington didn't get it cleanly, and he was kind of scooping it with his hands, and that's when you'd like to see someone dive on the floor. Worst case scenario, you know, you call a timeout when you get that loose possession, and then you get... Or the, the clock
1: runs out. Or where the clock scrambling. runs
3: out, or or who knows what happens in that situation. Maybe you get fouled. Maybe he jumps on top of you, you get the foul. They didn't, they didn't dive on that ball, and then you give Damon Lillard that opportunity, and Lowry got switched out on him, and then he hit a difficult shot. I mean, that's... Those are kind of shots that, you know, that, that, you know, the top players in the league make, you know, they're, they're game players, big time players make big time shots and he made the shot.
1: Yeah, and the last couple of times the Bulls have had a devastating loss. They've come back with multiple wins. Uh, Remember they gave that game away against Golden State. They came away, one couple of games. They blew a big lead against Oklahoma City, came back with a three-game winning streak. And I think that's one of the things that Billy Donovan's talked about. He wants to see this team not give in to adversity, and that's a good sign. I know you interviewed Thaddeus Young after the Knicks win, and he was talking about the fact that nobody gets down on this team, that that we're better than what our record shows right now, and that there's good – camaraderie within the group to band together, talk things out, come back the next night and try to win a game.
3: I agree with them. I mean, they are better than their record. I mean, they are much better. You know, we looked at the numbers from last year's offensive output to this year's uh, output. They went from, like, you know, bottom half of the league to now they're in a top five team offensively. Now, on the flip side, because there's two sides to basketball – Defensively, they were 14th in the league last year. So they're middle of the pack. You know, this year they're down to, you know, in the in the bottom 20s. And in order for them to win these close games, that defensive numbers have to be up. They have to be somewhere back to where right. they were last season. And you're gonna start winning these games. I mean, you look at New York, we were talking about this last night. The Knicks, one thing you know about a Tom Thibodeau team and the people who saw him here. His team is always going to play hard every night. There is no nights off when you play a Tom Thibodeau team. Doesn't matter what their record is. Doesn't matter if they're a playoff caliber team or not. He's going to have them play hard every night. And that's been the case this year with New York. They're much better than they were before he got there.
4: You know, uh, I'd like to ask uh, Tim here. You Tim's know, here. Yes. Oh, I Tim. didn't even know he was here. Because <laughs> I think it's in the, you know, you've mentioned some exciting games. Some exciting players. I know in one of our segments, I think he mentioned that as the sixth man of the year. But I really want to know, with really nothing going on in the city of Chicago with sports. Where is your level of excitement on this team?
0: Jeez. Well, sorry, <laughs> sorry to wake you up, Tim. I have to Jeez. nudge him for that reaction. Wow. I, I already thought I gave Come up on, when Tim. I said that. I, I thought... Uh, you know, Thaddeus was a sixth man of the year candidate, but uh, Stacy shut me down on that. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't shut you down. Yeah, it was no, a bit of a shutdown. No, but, uh, no, we
3: were talking off camera. We were uh, talking and, off, off And, mic. and, and
0: uh, my point was is because Billy Donovan, if he sees a recipe that's working, you may see some shifts in that lineup. And uh, the way he plays that and uh, the way he's played and the consistency he's had over the past few games, I, I'm putting him in that category whether you like it or not. That's so that gets me not excited. the
4: question, though, that I was asking you.
0: Oh, yes, I do like Tom Brady, too. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
4: Wow! So I'm going to take that non-answer as that you're still on the fence, maybe, about the Bulls. Oh, are you a it, senator
0: now? No, no, it's yeah. not that I'm on the fence. I think you got to look at what opportunities they have coming up, and you look at the uh, trade deadlines. Um, there's some opportunities there to to change some things, and I know Stacy's chomping at the bit here. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 do. no. I'm just saying, before we all hit the panic button, okay? <laughs> no panic Before button. we hit the panic
3: button about this Bulls team, you got to remember, they're sitting currently ninth in the playoff race, okay? Yeah. What they're, what realistic the goal should be this year is to get somewhere in the playoffs, okay? Taste the playoffs with this oh, yeah. team. All right, that's the goal right now. Sure. Whether it's six, seven, eight, and I think they're supposed to expand the— To ten. To Play 10. It, yeah. Okay, so just get to the playoffs— Feel what it's like to be in the playoffs. See the intensity of the playoffs and see how the game is different compared to regular season to the playoffs. It's a different intensity. And so if this young team can experience that, then now they'll understand like what it takes to get to that level.
4: You Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you did predict that the, uh, the Bulls would be in the playoffs. Yes, I did. Okay, okay. And I
3: predicted that they'd win probably between 40 and 45 games, which I'm still staying with that. Yes, I am.
1: They're only playing 72 this year, Stace. I don't
3: care. I still think they're going to win 40 games. Listen, they won, they won 21 games, I think, last year. And, 22, yeah. Yeah, 22 games last year, okay? And we played 70-something games, okay? So I'm basing it off of, it's a different mindset with this team, it's a different attitude with this team. And you got a different coaching staff with this team. This guy has these guys believing that they can do some magical things. You can see it. The attitude's different. You heard Thaddeus Young last night talk Yeah, to that was him a great interview. I mean, the whole attitude of this team is different. You know, they believe that they're better than their record. They know that they've given some games away. So I'm jumping I've been on the bandwagon so. Oh yeah You're not I, I, going I'm anywhere I'm not going anywhere I'm riding yeah.
4: with them. I, I mean I, I think They'll make the playoffs Because of the 10 teams But 45 wins They're going to get. have to get Really hot At 8 and 11 I don't like your attitude I'm just <laughs> you saying You just brought
2: this whole show down I attitude. did not bring the show no, I'm this, just re- it's being It's a guy real. who works with the Nets. I mean the, the Bucks
3: <laughs> And so he's out here he didn't got nothing nice to say About the Bulls no, uh, I, that's hater not... in the house Hater
4: in the house Hater in the house. I, We were talk- house <laughs> We'll find out In the next segment
3: Okay we. I can't wait <laughs> I can't wait! Wow, have some more colas <laughs> while we're waiting. Oh yeah, my Haribo, my Haribo little uh, colas now are that, here.
4: Now that's your own bag, so you yes, so, yes. yes. So yes. what yes. do you now prepare those?
3: Before you <laughs> yes, come? that's the before, red curve, the red curve size bag. Before before I go to the game, <laughs> yep, I put me some in my little Ziploc bag. Okay, stay yeah. nice and fresh. Stay nice and fresh. Right. I know where they, I know who's been in them. <laughs> now who gets
4: in there besides Adam and me? Nobody not even Adam. Oh no! Nothing nobody, becomes between nobody, thing listen, and let his goalies.
3: Let me tell you something. When you go from a when you go from a regular candy bag where you can actually pour it in people's hands to a ziplock where people have to reach in, it's all no, I'll cut you. I'll cut <laughs> your hand off. Don't <laughs> touch my candy. Now, card. well, you lose your man card. Yeah, we're gonna get that. to that one too.
0: <laughs> yeah,
4: no, but can you reach in? You reach in and hand Tim. A cola because I think that just happened.
0: He let me reach into the bag. I, he- I, let, I, let, I, let, I didn't know he was reaching into the bag. Whoa. I didn't know I if thought it was it, a trap. that's a I, violation I, uh, of I, man thought cards. He had,
3: I thought he had gloves. I did not yeah. know that he reached in there barehanded. Okay. Well now, he, he did. I may have to throw my colas away because <laughs> you just brought that to my attention. That's a
4: lot that's like a hundred dollars. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's not a hundred dollars. That's a lot of cold. Hey, it's you heard you of heard of the
1: GameStop thing? Stacy's trying to drive up the Haribo <laughs> stock. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm if sorry. you're listening, if you're
4: listening out there, yeah. Hey, get you, hey,
3: listen, listen, listeners. Okay, if you haven't tasted these Haribo cola <laughs> gummy bears, you're missing out. You're truly missing out.
4: You can find them at Amazon Prime. Hey, so we're, we're still looking for sponsors. my son. My son. We bought a bunch of bags, and yeah. now he's asking for more. So. See? Huh? See,
3: there might be something in these gummies that are addicting. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, is it legal? Do we need to be tested? <laughs> Everyone's
4: a
1: satisfied customer. I
3: don't know, man. It might be some cannabis in here. I don't know. Puff, puff, pass. I'm joking right now. <laughs> so they're
1: going to be launching an investigation. Whoa, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can hear the squad cars pulling up and in Rosemont just just right now. We just lost another sponsor. Oh, oh man, come on, King. Just left. Just another sponsor lost.
3: Just another one mm-hmm. lost, man.
1: Well, I tell you what, it's tough to go back to basketball after that. But uh, that's that's my job here. Is there's the moderator stacy uh lowry Markinen was really good the last couple of days 31 30 points the thing i liked about the game against the knicks on monday night he scored in a variety of ways yes he made some three-point shots but he made a couple of tough runners had a couple of dunks off nice passes from thad young nice to see billy mixing it up getting him on the move and, and catching him the ball where he can use his athleticism
3: well i mean he, he's playing with a lot of confidence and you remember that the whole key for lowry is to stay healthy you know, if he misses games with injuries, that just sets him back. He, I mean, he started the season, preseason, and the early part of the season on a roll. Then he gets hurt, and then he has to come back and get himself back into the flow of things, which he did very quickly. So if he can stay healthy, um, and I say this every night, the Bulls' top three players have to play good every night and have to be consistent yeah. every night. Zach Levine has to play at a high level every night. Larry marketing has to play at a high level Kobe White, who is the third player, you can get by with Kobe not playing at a high level every night because you get guys like, you know, Thaddeus Young coming off the bench, you know, Otto Porter coming off the bench. So that third guy, which is Kobe, I believe is that third star player, the third best player, you can afford to have him have some off nights because you have other people that can pick him up. But Lowry and Zach cannot have subpar nights.
1: And the guy who's been picking up Kobe White lately has been the guy coming off the bench, the veteran, Thaddeus Young. Three straight games, almost had a triple-double, and we referenced the great interview that you and Adam did with him after the game. <laughs> he, he was like, oh, man, I can't believe I can't get this triple-double. I mean, oh. he, he's been having a ton of fun playing in Billy Donovan's system. They're doing, utilizing the strengths that he has in terms of being able to pass out of the post, score on the low post, and, and it's, it's been a rejuvenation for Thad Young. What is this, year 14 for him?
3: Yeah, I, I tell you what, though. This is a prime example of a coach having the pol- knowing the pulse of his team. Understanding the strengths and the weaknesses of his players and Billy Donovan has done his homework. He's been in the NBA long enough. I'm sure he's had games where Thaddeus Young has given him problems and he remembers and he has only done is put Thaddeus Young in positions to succeed, get him back to where he's comfortable. He's not a three point shooter. Billy Donovan knows that, but he can go out there and stretch the defense out there to the three point. He's not an awful three point shooter. But he's where he's good at is being that safety valve. So, you know, when he when when the Bulls offense gets stagnant, he can flash to the to the post, get the ball, and then be able to make a decision with that basketball. Both him and Lowry have worked really well together because Lowry's moved to the five, and then Thaddeus is at the four. But on defense, Thaddeus guards the tougher inside player. So the versatility there has really helped the Bulls. And that's really kind of honestly. Uh, one of the big reasons why they have um, had success lately because the bench is having more assists oh, yeah. than the starters. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I think even last night, I think the assist was, you know, a huge difference. I mean, plus 15, I think, off the bench.
1: And Thad Young has been such a good passer out of the post. He's had some great no look feeds to Lowry. He had one play where he set him up for a dunk. You even coined a new nickname for him last
3: night. Oh yeah, Thagic Johnson. <laughs> Thagic. All right, not magic. Thagic. Johnson. He liked that in the interview. Yeah, he did. He did. He thought that was, thought that was cool. He, you know, not everybody gets a nickname. You know, that's it, right. You, you got to earn a nickname. It's got to happen naturally. You, you got to happen naturally. You just can't give somebody. Yeah. That. I mean, like Timmy Whispers. Yeah. Okay. Since he never talked, that's it was perfect, easy. Yeah. It was easy to give him a nickname, Timmy Whispers. Okay. We got Southside Susan. Okay. She's the ranter. so you know she she <laughs> oh, rants and raves. So <laughs> we call her Southside looks Susan. Looks good, yeah. kills Stacy. Yeah, I know. good know. I know. I, know, I, know. Kill. I got my pepper spray in my pocket. But anyway, um, so so. You know, he's, he's, he's a guy that you root for. You know, he didn't have the success that he was used to with Jim Boiling because I felt like they didn't use him right. Right. And you don't want to keep beating Jim Boylan up. I mean, you don't want to keep beating up a dead horse. But it is what it is. The, the proof's in the pudding. He did not have uh, the career that we're so used to seeing Thaddeus Young have when he was in Philadelphia, when he was in Indiana. And now you're starting to see. Like, he still can play at a high level.
1: Bulls will have a rematch against the Knicks on Wednesday night. And I know because of the pandemic, every interviews are are done via Zoom, so you don't get really a chance to say hi to Tibbs or anything like that. But just observing him, watching him try to fight the mask when he's yelling out everything. What was that like like watching Tibbs last night? I'll
3: tell you what, man. Listen, you will never hear a player who played for Tibbs say a bad thing about Tibbs. You know, people think, all the players hated playing for Tibbs. He drove them into the ground. Every player speaks so highly of Tibbs.
4: Mm -hmm.
5: From
3: Jimmy to, you know, Derek Rose to, you know, Joe Noah. You know, all the players that ever played for him. And, you know, he gets such a bad rap. But I I think, you know, just sitting there and watching him, he's a lot more calmer. You know, you can still hear him go, eyes, (laughs) eyes, you know. Uh, he's got the Gene Katie look going a little bit. You know, he's got the comb over. You know, I, I said, come on, Tim, you got to let it go, man. Get the Get the pizza, pizza man here, dude. The uh, Little Caesars with the little uh, Julius Caesar cut. Maybe get that
1: Carlos Boozer spray on. Oh, oh, oh.
3: oh wow. <laughs> no, you don't want to get that, man. <laughs> yeah, no, you definitely want to get that. That was too obvious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, you can call Brian Urlacher and see if you can That's get a true. deal with that. Yeah. Uh, he's on our you know, wall. You know, guy. he was ball-headed, and all of a sudden yeah. now he's got, you know, it looks like Donny Osmond you know so I, I don't know I mean you know but I, I it was great seeing Tibbs come back um, he's a good dude I, I I always had nothing but the utmost respect from, from Tom Thibodeau.
4: Real quick uh, you mentioned D. Rose and I think we talked about it on our Zoom call yesterday do you see a re- reunion of sorts? with Free you? D. Rose get him out of Detroit.
3: I, I think someone's going to make a play for D. Rose whether it be the Lakers or the Knicks the Knicks really want him but I tell you what I, I watched their team yesterday and the one kid I came away highly impressed with was that Quickly kid. Oh my goodness, He's got some D-rolls in him. He's not as athletic as Derek, but he plays bigger than he. He's, he's kind of you know he really reminds me of is uh, Schroeder with the Lakers., yeah. He uh, reminds me of him. Like he can it. shoot the ball. He's, he's long and gangly. Uh, he's, he's had some big games for the Knicks off the bench. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's a scout with the Knicks, and I said, why isn't this kid starting? You know, because it seems like they got back in the game when he came in the game, because the Bulls were killing him at the, at the end of the first quarter, and then quickly came in, and that second group came in and got a little of energy boost, and he got them going. So um, I was impressed with him. I, I think the Knicks are going in the right direction. Uh, they got to get more minutes for Obi Toppin. You know, this is yeah, he only lot- played this, eight minutes. Yeah, this is your lottery pick. You you got to you got to play him. I, I know Tibbs like Tibbs. Tibbs likes veterans, and Julius Randall's in that Joakim Noah role where he's that point forward. Um, and I like Julius Randle. I, th- I thought, you know, I, it looks like he's having a great career there. But you don't take an Ob Toppin in the lottery and only play him eight minutes. I mean, you got to get him some minutes. Well, that's Tibbs. Kevin G- Knox.
1: Yeah, Jimmy went through it. Now Kevin Knox isn't playing. Dennis Smith is going to go to the G League, a former lottery pick, because he can't get in the rotation. I mean, it, it's and been it, an it, interesting and situation. don't forget
3: about the point guard from France, uh, Frank Nilekina. He didn't play playing. at
1: all. Yeah, and Taj got a DNP CD too.
3: Yeah, well, Taj, I think Taj needed a day off because he played – uh, 20-something minutes. He, he had just came back. He just signed right. with them, So he played, I think, the first night he played eight minutes, and then he played against the Clippers. I think he played like 26 minutes. And he probably just, you know, Tiz probably said he probably needed a rest. He'll probably play tomorrow, though.
1: And Bulls fans will be, always enjoy seeing Taj yes. Gibson play. One of the yes. great guys. He was the guy where he came up with the first use of the uh, hard hat lunch pail.
3: Yes, yes. Um, you know what? It's funny looking at Taj because, you know, Taj came, as an, came into the Bulls as an older rookie. You know, right. he didn't come in with a lot of fanfare. His his work ethic, you know, the things he did wasn't sexy to, like, what people would want to see a power forward. Like, he wasn't like Kevin Garnett or, or you know, a Sean Kemp-type player. But the one thing that was consistent with Taz Gibson – was his effort every single night? His defensive effort every single night, and he never complained. He, he wasn't one of these guys. I need the ball. Throw me the ball. He just went and got it. Offensive rebound, putbacks, you know, hustle plays, and he was a great teammate, a great kid. And he's always good. That that whole group—Noah, him, D Rose, Luol, Luol Dang, um, you know, Heinrich. Kurt Thomas, Heinrich—you know, those guys will all. Chris Duhon. Those guys will always be. That group will be always one of my favorite Bulls teams.
1: And during the broadcast, they also had a throwback Monday. Taj's big dunk over Dwayne Wade in the Eastern Conference Finals.
3: Yeah, I was just it just sucked that I didn't get to do that game because they yeah. you know they froze us out. They only, <laughs> let, they only let us do the first round, you know. But that would have been that would have been a signature call for me. Well, and, people, and I got to do it yesterday, even though it yeah, wasn't my call. I got yeah. to do it yesterday. So.
1: so people got the poster a little bit late, yeah, they but got they still little, got like, to like enjoy it. a few years it, late. <laughs> courtesy of the <laughs> broadcast. Hey, we're going to talk all things NBA coming up next with a very special guest. ESPN Zach Lowe joins us on Gimme the Hot Sauce. It is now our pleasure to welcome in this week's special guest. You know Zach Lowe. You follow him. He's the host of the Low Post podcast. You see him on the jump with... Rachel Nichols in the gang. You see him on ESPN Sports Center. You follow him on ESPN.com. Zach, do you ever have any free time for yourself?
2: Uh, I had enough time to go sledding for a little bit yesterday <laughs> uh, in, in the blizzard that we have here, but not as not as much as I used to. Have. But that's good. Who wants free time, you know? How do you know the king? When this all this friendship start? Uh, well, I started talking with. I mean, look, I've been a long time fan. I mean, I was. I was. I think I was 11 years old when, when you guys made the Final Four. 88? Is it the 88, 88 Final Four? Yep. Way wait, wait,
3: wait to make me feel older, Zach. Wait. <laughs> I, 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 I thought Oklahoma was Tyson. cool.
2: <laughs> I thought Oklahoma was cool. And then obviously I was a huge NBA fan. And so Stacy and I started talking more over the summer. When there was nothing, or in the spring, I guess when there was when the last dance was all there was going on, and I did some stories on some old Bulls stuff, and uh, we got in contact. But I'm a, I'm a longtime fan. I remember when there used to be a Stacey King soundboard somewhere on the internet <laughs> where you could hit a bunch of buttons. and sriracha. That's right. Give He's me that. He's got on. his and own goes, bobblehead give too. Give me that. Uh, yeah, talking bobblehead. I, I think that's Stop gone it. though. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, that was that was a fun thing the Bulls uh, had up. The fans get a big kick out of that. So uh, I thought it was cool too. So, so, I like
1: it. Zach, what do you think about the, this this current Bulls outfit? I know that you devoted a big part of the last Low Post podcast with our good buddy Nick Friedel, talking about the Bulls for half the show, and it's kind of an interesting place they're in right now. They've got a new front office, a new head coach, but they've got the same roster, and a lot of the fan base is wondering how many of these guys will still be around when they're still good. Let's... When they get to be good, let's start with Lowry marketing. Who's going to be a restricted free agent coming up this summer? Do you think Lowry's part of the long term plan, or is that a still to be determined?
2: I think the two big tests for the new front office for the two big questions are Lowry and Zach, and sort of just so those there will be trade demand for Zach. There already is, and they'll have to decide you know if he's part of the core and Lowry's free agency coming up. He's had such a weird up and down career. Every time you're you're ready to sort of step, I was super enthralled with him when he came into the league. I thought this guy has all the makings of a star stretch for a guy who can average 22, 23 a game, be the hub of an offense as a screener and the injuries and the confidence issues. But then every time you're ready to be like, you know what, maybe he's just like a guy, just like a good player, not, not someone that I really need to sort of make part of my core. He has these stretches like he's on now where it's like every game, 25, 30, 32. And you're like, well, I can't quit this guy. So what is he's probably up to like 19 or so a game. This year, so that he's making their decision hard, which I didn't was a, which I wasn't sure was going to happen.
3: Well, I, I think one thing because I'm around them all the time. The one thing that I, I see with Lowry is is about confidence, having someone believe in him. You know, when Fred Hoiberg was here, Fred really believed in him. They kind of tailored their offense around him, and you could see the confidence in the kid. and And I was like you, I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be the next Dirk Nowitzki, yada yada. And then he, you know, the, there was a coaching change. And you could tell that he kind of looked like a fish out of water, you know, the last year. Like he didn't know where he belonged. He spent a lot of his time at the three point line, which for a seven footer, uh, if you're not making those shots, and he's a pretty decent three point shooter, but when you're not making those shots, you have to do other things. And I felt like he didn't do that last year. But with Billy Donovan, um, I've been impressed with the way he has incorporated Lowry to do other things besides just being a three-point shooter or a pick and pop guy. He's getting to the free throw line more this year. He's driving to the basket more. Have you seen those same things too, Zach? Yeah. And he's,
2: he's always good. You catch you get him the ball on the move, like around the foul line, come off the screen, get him a moving catch. You can get to the line with one dribble. Like he's always, and you talk to him and you talk to people around him like he wants to feel involved and that doesn't, you know, yes, he's valuable standing around the three-point line Well. Wendell screens and rolls and all that but he wants to touch the ball he wants to feel like he's involved and you're right he can do stuff like that the test for him will be you know when they put fives on him can he beat those guys off the dribble when they put threes and twos on him on switches can he do a little damage in the post or just kind of driving through those guys and that stuff has been hit or miss but he can be I mean dynamic is probably too strong a word but he wants to feel involved and when he is involved you can see it brings a little juice to him.
1: Zach, the word is that they didn't really come close to getting an extension of his rookie deal done. So as I mentioned, he's going to be a restricted free agent next summer. And that's going to be, I think, very difficult to find the right price point for Lowry. He's not a max guy, but in this market with so many of the stars signing extensions early, kind of watering down the 2021 free agent class, he could get an offer sheet from somebody that might make the Bulls a little bit itchy.
2: How do you think that might turn out ultimately? if he plays like this, he's going to, because like you said, all the, all the guys who didn't sign were by default kind of big winners going into the off season. Cause there's just going to be way more cap space than there are sort of star players. So he's not a max player, but I don't think he'll get a max, but you know, something you have the young guy, max and the big, the, the veteran max, right? So the right. young guy max isn't like what we think of as this giant crippling max deal. It's, it's a lot, but it's not that I, you know, I who knows I mean they didn't I agree with you they didn't get close if he's averaging 20 a game by the end of the year it's going to be hard to keep him under 20 million I think
3: when you when you hear because we hear all these trade rumors and we hear that you know Lonzo Ball's name is coming up now and and possible the Bulls may be looking into that what what's your what's your thought process process on that and do you think that's a good fit for the Bulls depending on what they have to give up if they had to give up somebody for him
2: yeah. It would depend a lot on what they, what they would have to give up. Like, you know, I've seen bulls Twitter kick around Alonzo for Lowry sort of straight up challenge trade. And I don't, I wouldn't do no. that if I were the bulls. No, I, I just, I get, I get the, I get the infatuation with Alonzo. Like if I were playing pickup, I would love to play with Lonzo. He clearly sees the game at a high level. He reads the game at a high level. And I get why the bulls who sort of have been Who's the point guard? Is Kobe a point guard? No, not really. Is Zach a point guard? Not really though. We get Saturansky in here. He's going to be the pass first guy who gets everyone moving kind of hasn't worked. Like I get the idea of Lonzo there. I, it's, he's, I, I wouldn't do that. And you know, you guys watch the league. Like if you can't shoot, if like, what is Lonzo doing in a slow down half court offense? What is his role? Like when you're flying around, running fast breaks, like, yeah, it looks awesome. What is he doing? in a slowdown playoff game when guys are going to duck under every screen by 10 feet and he doesn't have a floater. Like, I just don't, I can't kind of figure that one out.
1: Yeah. One of the big conundrums for the bulls right now is they're not convinced that Kobe white, even though it's only his second year in the NBA, he's 20 years old. I think Billy Donovan and the front office are, have already kind of concluded this guy is not going to be our point guard of the future. So we're going to have to figure out how we use him maybe in a six man role or do we move Zach Levine along and shift Kobe over to the two? Now, there's already tons of Zach Levine trade rumors out there. He's got a year plus on his on his deal coming up, a very value contract. Do you think ultimately the Bulls will in- invest in Zach Levine, or do you think they'll choose to move him along and then shift Kobe to the two guard?
2: I don't know, but I mean, I have no real hard intel on that. Uh, he's a really interesting player. Boy, can that guy score. And if I had, if you're just forcing me to make a prediction, I would probably put my money on. They trade him eventually. I don't feel good about that, but I feel like I, I, you know, I just like if if you're forcing me to make a prediction, that's what it would be. I don't feel great about it, but um, you know, and he could be eligible for an extension in the off season and that, that will be another sort of telling, telling thing. But um, yeah, the rumors, the rumors aren't going to stop. And, and that's why the point guard thing is such is so interesting with them because it does feel like the Bulls are a really interesting collection of players looking for something to tie them all together. Right. And that's why the point guard is a point of obsession. And I don't think Zach is the, the piece to tie them all together. I don't think Kobe is either. And I, I understand why they're kind of – this is this is what people are thinking about. It makes sense.
3: When, when you look at this team, we talked about it last night at the game. I mean, they have made – Leaps and bounds changes offensively. They're one of the better teams offensively. Last year, you know, they were like in the bottom half scoring-wise, and they were mid-14, 15-level defensively. You know, the thing that's flipped this year is they're much better offensively and their defense has dropped down. Where where do you see the problem and how can they fix it and get better, at least to get themselves to the mid-level, you know, that 14-15 range? Because they're currently, I think, 27th or 28th, and that's way too low for a young athletic team like them.
2: Well, Young, though, cuts both ways, right? Young is a lot of mistakes and and a lot of learning curve. And with Wendell just constantly in and out of the lineup, I mean, they just can't get any rhythm with him. You know, he was excited about Billy Donovan's new scheme. I'm not going to be trapping 35 feet from the rim. I can be a rim protector. And that didn't quite like he was good, but it didn't quite play out. And the perimeter defense just has to be a little better. I haven't looked at the fundamentals to see lately to see, you know, are they fouling a lot? Are they allowing a lot of rebounds? But they're just sort of, you know, if they're a young team. I don't think, I mean, who's a plus defender in their starting five. I mean, you want to say Pat Williams, he's a rookie. Wendell's injured. Like it's, it's the personnel doesn't scream top 10 defense.
1: Yeah, they're in a situation right now where they've had a a series of top 10 picks. We've seen this in the league in the past, going back to the Clippers days and you know Sacramento Kings. You you, you load up on young guys, and it never seems to come together. Then you get rid of them, and you bring in more young guys. It's a never-ending cycle. Are are the Bulls in that situation right now? Do they need to go out and get this big-name veteran to tie it all together? Or do you see with the new coaching staff and a new front office, there's still hope for this current group?
2: Well, the danger of going out and getting the big-name veteran – if you trade all the young guys to get the big name veteran, it's like, well, who's that guy playing with? What is the, what, what is that actually accomplishing unless you think that guy's going to get another big name veteran somewhere down the line to come in, which is possible. Yeah. I mean, this is why the Jimmy Butler trade is going to be one that we revisit every just over and over again, because it was a flashbulb moment for the bulls. He was 27 or 28 years old, right in his prime. He was someone who, depending on your taste, was like the 10th best player in the league, the 12th best player in the league. Some people might, might have been a little more optimistic than that. And they just said, you know what? We're shooting for the stars. We're shooting for a championship. We're going to give ourselves a lot of bites at the apple in the draft. And, and we, that gives us better championship odds than staying in the course with Jimmy, who whatever faults you had with him in Chicago and since whatever, he is someone who ties it all together. And, and they don't have that. And we're still, and, and you're right. The downside danger of that trade is you just end up picking seventh every year and you spin your wheels for a while. And then you're the Kings. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen to them, but that is a really, that trade I and mean, we, we debate a lot of trades in the NBA. We're still debating the hard end trade every day. I actually don't think there's enough debate about that trade. That was yeah, a real yeah. fork in the road for the bulls and
4: they took one hard, the hard turn. Hey, Zach, I listened to your low post show with Nick, and uh, I love the rigmarole that you use <laughs> to term everything. But I just want to go back, because I was Stacey's producer for eight years, and I was there that night when, when the coordinated effort by Wade and, and uh, Jimmy Butler came out. And I don't think Rondo d- got enough credit, because he did show up every night. I used to watch him with Isaiah Cannon going hard wow. every game, hard. Making him a better player. And it was uncomfortable before the game. And I'm just going to say, you know, for the record, if the Bulls, if Rondo doesn't get hurt against Boston, they win that series. So I just want to make that Maybe Jimmy's clear. still here. You know, maybe Jimmy's still here. But th- you, you go back to that game, too. He had 11 points, 9 Reeves 14 assists, 5 steals. Rondo, I'm a Boston guy. I, I love Rondo. But I just want to make, I don't think that point was made enough is that he called those guys out because – you know, I mean, I love Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade. I'm not gonna, I'm not here to say, but I know Rondo showed up every day. So I just want you to, to you know, as you fi- file that away, um, and it, for my question. Um, oh, thank you. I was wondering when you could yeah, get to the question. Well, the, pre- <laughs> I, the, pre- the preamble was Damn, great. but well, we got oh, to hey, well, get to the question. Oh yeah, get question, man. <laughs> Zach <I'm>,
5: fell asleep. <laughs> I now,
4: I now direct the Milwaukee Bucks, and so. I just want you to kind of give us an idea, since we're in the same division, but what I see is big guys with the wall on Giannis, and that's worked since Toronto. And now you have teams every night running threes, and they just broke a record for the most threes allowed, and they won last night. But, you know, a little concerning, you know, where you see this Bucks team uh, as we head into the... There's no time the, limits where, on podcasts, but you got to get to the man. question. <laughs> that's the question, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Zach, there's like I'm 20 Zach. questions here. And <laughs> no. all right, so, no. all right, so
2: the Bucks, the Bucs, oh. um, the Bucs are first in offense by a mile yeah. and 15th in defense. And if you look at their defense and they were first in defense last year, if you look at their defense this year versus last year, everything is exactly the same, except teams are hitting all their threes. The attempts are the same. Where the attempts are coming from are the same. Like, they actually don't allow a lot of corner threes. They allow a ton of longer threes. They're just going in. And so it just raises the question, are they getting unlucky or are they doing something schematically that's leaving the wrong guys open? And if you watch, so they just had two games. You you said they won last night. They blitzed the Blazers. Yeah. yeah. Or that Charlotte put up 126 on them and New Orleans put up 131. If you watch, especially the Charlotte game, the Bucks started switching a lot in that game and switching stuff that like you don't think a Lomello ball Cody Zeller pick and roll is like urgent enough to require a switch and they would switch and then the Hornets would run something else and they would screw they would try to switch again but they would screw it up they'd get confused and this has been the knock on the Bucks for two or three years now is they get to the playoffs they only know how to play this one style of defense where Brooke hangs back 20 at, at the rim and they concede all these threes and they run up against teams that can exploit that defense, and they don't switch even when they should switch or when the personnel dictates they should, well, why don't they practice this stuff in the regular season to get ready for the playoffs? It's clear that from on high somewhere, maybe it's just Bud, they've decided we're going to we're gonna do that. We're going to switch now. We're going to start working it into our game plan, and there's definitely been some hiccups, but I think it's smart of them to play the long game because if you get to play the Heat, And Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson run a split action on the wing, and you don't switch that, you're just not going to beat the Heat because they're going to get open threes out. That those guys are like the same player. You have to be able to switch stuff like that. If you get to, you know, a, a team, I'm trying to think. If you get to face Kemba Walker in the playoffs, or you get to face, you know, the the Nets, you can't just let James Harden and Kevin Durant walk into off-the-dribble three-pointers on the pick-and-roll with Brooke Lopez at the basket. Like, you're going to lose. You have to have a little more versatility. So I think they're trying to work on that.
3: Speaking of the Brooklyn Nets, um, you know, I love Kyrie Irving. I think he's an explosive talent. But just watching them play when he was out, I thought James Harden and Kevin Durant play really well together. And that they don't have a lot of depth because they made it to the trades and got rid of most of all their their bench players. What do you think about – maybe trading a a Kyrie Irving to get other players back to strengthen that because Kevin Durant is the one superstar of the three that can play with everybody, and he can find a role to to fit in and still get his but don't, doesn't look like he's actually trying to get his. You know what I'm saying? Where the other two are ball-dominant players, and James Harden has shown you that he can play point guard and, and, and distribute the ball. I mean, he's had – a bunch of double-digit assists. He's had a few since he's been in Brooklyn. So, what do you what do you think about that, Zach? Totally agree. And it, look, these are not easy decisions, right? Like these are the decisions that keep GMs up
2: at night and 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 stress you out. And there's lots of variables that go into them. But if you gave me the choice of like every version of the Nets on on a whiteboard, so you have the current version, you have Harden, Durant, no Kyrie, but all my depth. You have Kyrie, Durant, no Harden, but all my depth, blah, blah. I'm taking Durant, Harden, and all my depth. Yes. And no Kyrie. Yes. That's the ver- Now, that doesn't mean this current version can't win the championship because you know better than I do. You get three dudes that good together, you find a rhythm, you can absolutely win the championship. I'm just saying you've compromised your entire future for seven years and given up Lavert and Allen, who are good players, and Torian Prince is a useful role player, to, to build this team. Well, I'd rather have all those guys in Harden and Durant. So I totally agree with you. The problem with trading Kyrie is twofold. Number one, he just took a hiatus and nobody really knows why. And every other team in the league would need sort of some answers to that question. Or like, is this guy, is this guy going to be in if, if we trade for him? And number two, he and KD came as a package deal. So you, you have to assume if they ever get there down the line, and I agree with you. That makes theoretical sense, right? Let's replenish our depth by trading our third star for all that depth. But KD is probably going to have to sign off on that, you would imagine, which may or may not happen. But I, I agree with you. That's They're all good versions, but that's the version I like the best. Yeah, ultimately,
1: they're going to have to play some defense because they've played next to none since the trade or really most of the season. The game the other day when they lost, blew the game in the final seconds against Washington, that final score 149-146 in regulation. Now, two of the worst defensive teams of all time. but You know, you know who has the
2: best defense in the league over the last uh, 10 games? The Knicks? Houston.
1: Okay, yeah, they've been yeah. winning too. That's, that's a big reason why. What I was going to get to was – NBA Twitter was talking about Bradley Beal's body language early in this game that he seems checked out. Of course, then he got hot in the fourth quarter and helped them come from behind to win. What's your read on the whole Bradley Beal situation? You think at some point before the deadline, he and his agent are going to try to force a, a move out of Washington?
2: Are you telling me the NBA Twitter overreacted to <laughs> yeah. very, maybe, very maybe small just a little bit, size yeah. of information? <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <clears throat> I don't know what's going to happen with Beal. You know, all I've heard in all the reports today are status quo. Wants to win in Washington. Nothing has been – no move has been indicated. No pressure has been put on the Wizards. And I really think he does want to win there. I think he likes it there. They've built the team around him. He's a loyal guy. He grinds and grinds and grinds. I mean, he's – the guys he's had to play with the last couple of years, you would understand if he had gotten frustrated. I mean, the team just isn't ready, and he is ready. He's in his prime look i I don't I, I don't want to speculate what he is or isn't going to do. I just know that in these situations, it seems almost every time, no matter how what what is in the guy's heart and soul and what his intentions are, there just comes a point where everybody looks at each other and says it it's it's time and I just it, again i've I've already said this before like if you're forced if you want me to bet like i I bet that maybe it's not this season because it's such a mess with the virus and relocating your family. And he's got two small kids. Maybe it's not this season, but if the wizards are bad this year or next year, there is, I, I just find it hard to believe that a time doesn't come where Bradley Beale says, you know what? And the wizards would probably say, yeah, you're right. We we've all tried. Let's let's do right by you.
3: When you, when you look at the Los Angeles Lakers, they, they had an overhaul on their roster. They got younger. And do you think this uh, ensemble of Lakers has the ability to repeat as champions or do you see them making some kind of move on a buyout, somebody being bought out or possibly strengthen their roster before they get to the playoffs?
2: I I do think this group can win the whole thing. I think they're better than they were last year and more versatile. Um, That said, we, we, we always see there's always buyout guys that go to the two or three best teams in the league. So they'll, they'll probably get someone, but it's, it has been interesting. The last couple of games, They've shrunk their rotation a little bit. Frank Vogel has given both Markeith Morris and Wes Matthews two straight DNP CDs uh, behind Caruso and behind Taylor Horton Horton Tucker, whose name I still can't say. Um, So that says like they're pretty comfortable with their depth if they're just straight up not playing those guys. But you know how this works. There'll be someone will find their way to chase a ring with the Lakers.
1: Hey, Zach, take us behind the scenes a little bit of the the great feature that you do every week, 10 Things I Like and I Don't Like. Because someone who's been in the profession for a long time, I can't even imagine the man hours that go into that one. And two, how much help do you get with all the video clips? Because the detail and the explanations are so fantastic. Let people inside what's going on in the court. How much time do you spend on a weekly basis trying to get that thing together?
2: Well, first of all, thank you. Second of all, it's so boring that the question will not be interesting, but I just, I mean, I just watch a lot of basketball. Like it's, it, there's no secret. It's amazing. I always tell people it's amazing how far you can get now just by watching basketball. Like when I watch basketball, I don't tweet. I don't have like a third screen going on over here. I'm not on the phone with people. I'll text like some people in the league. If I'm watching their team play and I have play, Hey, that play was cool or this and that. But if you just, in fact, that, that Celtics-Bulls series from oh, yeah. whatever years ago, the Celtics, if I recall, in like game four or something, played some crazy zone defense where they hid Isaiah Thomas all the way in the corner. And every time the Bulls tried to screen to get Isaiah Thomas into the play, they would switch him up. It was like a crazy zone. And nobody wrote about it for two days. And I wrote about it, and someone the Celtics called me and said, I can't believe nobody wrote about this for two days. And I'm like, it's because they're just like, just watching the game. It's like the lowest hanging fruit you can get. So I just watch a lot of basketball. And as far as the clips go, I take all the, I have a whole file. It's like 20 pages long of plays and clips. And I send it to magicians at ESPN. And I just say, sure. give me the video of this. And they, I, they make it, they make those clips for me, but writing it is not that hard. It's just, you know, you just got to watch a lot of basketball, but basketball is fun. It's fun watching basketball. I do think like, If you ever see me at a game, I don't have my laptop open. I'm not, I have my laptop open to take notes, but I don't tweet. I'm not Jackie McMullen says uh, I'm her favorite person to sit next to at a game because I'm the only one that doesn't want to talk to her. I'm like completely (laughs) antisocial during
3: the game.
1: Hey, while we're while we're taping this, uh, your buddy Woj dropped a Woj bomb, saying that the, oh. they're getting moving closer to an All Star game, a one night event where they're going to play a game and the skills competition in the same night. People have debated whether or not, with the pandemic, that this is something that the league should really be pointing towards. But clearly, it's important to both sides, and it, it'll be a big money maker, and, and they're going to try to get a charitable aspect in there as well.
2: Yeah, the both sides thing is important. I think in a lot of the discourse about the the virus and how the league is proceeded um and look these are really hard decisions nothing is risk-free you know us leaving our house is not is not risk-free um you don't want to load up too much risk into your life and and all that but these decisions are not just like foisted on the players it's often people react as if the league is forcing players to do this and putting players in unsafe positions against their will and yeah if i were a player i might think twice about some of these decisions but my union is heavily involved in all these negotiations. None of this is happening without the player saying, okay, we think it's okay for it to happen. And if a player doesn't want to go, I, this is all-star. Like if you're selected, the all-star game, you don't have to go. I mean, I don't even like, you could just say no and that, and you still are an all-star and it counts and all that. So I, like you said, it's going to be a moneymaker. You said it, that's it. It's going to be a moneymaker. That's why there's no other reason why this would happen. I mean, yes, you want to entertain the fans. Everybody loves the dunk contest, whatever, but it's a moneymaker.
3: When you see, see LeBron James' career getting ready to come to an end, probably, you know, I'd say he's got about three or four good years left at a high level. When he's done, where, where do you compare him? Because there's going to be the debate, you know, Michael or LeBron. And when he's finished, where, where do you see the comparisons and who, do you, who would you think would be the greatest player? Uh, after the finals, this past finals, I wrote a
2: big LeBron. I finally wrote a LeBron Michael piece. I've been resisting it my entire life, like <laughs> waiting into this to this hellfire of a debate. Um, I think when it's all said and done, if LeBron wins another championship, so he gets to five. I, I just think in 10 or 15 years when we've had time and space, we're going to put the resumes up side by side and LeBron's case is going to be more overwhelming than we think except there is one thing he can never beat and that's 6 and 0. Yeah. And if all you care about is 6 and 0, then the whole debate is meaningless to you. There's there's no way LeBron can ever he'd have to win 8 rings to to win it, right? And Michael doesn't have a series like what happened to LeBron in 2011 against the Mavericks when he had a meltdown and was a shell of himself. Like that that Michael didn't have that on the big stage. Well, LeBron's going to be maybe the all-time leading scorer in the NBA and one of the greatest passers of all. Statistically, his case is going to be overwhelming. And if he wins another title, so it's five to six, and he's made a gazillion finals, I, I think if you're able to look at it rationally, the cold, calculated, analytical case is going to be pretty easily and heavily LeBron. But if, if six and oh, and look, I grew up in the Michael Europe. I remember watching those games. I remember watching some of your games. I remember the Stacy King game in Portland. Okay, like that series two two. That was series was a two two series. The ninety was a ninety one finals. Yep. Um, as a fan, as a teenager, or whatever, you just never thought Michael could lose. It was impossible. I don't care if it was game six, game seven against the Knicks, game six against Utah, a two two series, whatever. He was indomitable. He was invincible. Even if you were cheering against him, you were cheering for him. Whatever you never ever thought the Bulls were going to lose once they won the first one and LeBron has never quite inspired that level of invincibility uh, but statistically the case is going to be overwhelming
1: yeah and space jam 2 is coming out soon I, I don't that was one thing that I don't think needed to be repeated you know I, <laughs> it was fine the first time but do we really need a space jam two Zach I think we do really I'm on
2: the, uh, it's one of my controversial hot takes I think space jam <laughs> is overrated. And I think Space Jam 2 has, is a chance to correct some of the I'm, I'm still disappointed they had an NBA commissioner character in Space Jam, and it's not David Stern. It's an actor portraying <laughs> David Stern. So I've said before, if the commissioner is in Space Jam 2 and Adam Silver doesn't take a day out of his life to portray himself in Space Jam 2, I'm going to be very disappointed.
1: Yeah, but you know, Foghorn Leghorn can't go left. So that's a problem.
2: Lola Bunny is the only one on that team that can play at all. The rest of them are—I don't know how they won. The rest of them are scrubs.
1: Well, Bill Murray was underrated. He did
2: a good well, job. Oh, Bill Murray! Bill Murray can play. Bill Murray! Bill Murray made the whole movie. Frankly.
1: <laughs> uh, hey Zach, circling back around to where we started. I know Bulls fans are are kind of on the fence. They're they're trying to decide: should we jump in on this team? Where are we at? What's your level of confidence in in what the Reinsdorf's have done in bringing in Arturus Karnishevus and Mark Eversley? And then in turn, bringing in Billy Donovan and his staff. Do, do you see a path to them being relevant in the East again relatively soon?
2: I hope so. Yeah, I do. I, I think Arturis and his staff are really good. Billy Donovan's a good coach. It's just, you know, and you even if there's not the straw that stirs the drink on the roster or they just sort of keep all of these young guys, just by experience and inertia, those kind of teams get good. Now, maybe they don't ever get great. But even if you just keep this nucleus together, make no changes, this team will get better and get fun. And maybe they don't become a top three seed in the East or whatever, but they'll be playing in two years and whatever it is. At some point, they will be playing fun second round playoff games at the United Center. They have bigger dreams than that, and they should have bigger dreams than that. But, yeah, I, I think this front office is is going to make more right decisions than wrong ones for sure.
3: When you look at the Denver Nuggets, the team that I feel is the team that's going to surprise a lot of people again this year, um, do you think they legitimately have a chance with Jokic getting past? I don't think they're going to beat the Lakers, but to be in that position where they can play the Lakers in the finals again, and do they have enough to challenge the Lakers?
2: Yeah, I think the Nuggets, I had them in my inner circle of of contenders behind the Lakers. Uh, I had the Lakers as favorites to repeat entering the season and the Nuggets in the next year with Milwaukee and the Clippers, I, to, to which is dude, just kind of saying like the Nuggets are a hot streak or a sprained ankle away from being in the finals. I'm, I'm super high on the Nuggets. When they were seven and seven and scuffling, I kept telling people I'm not worried about the Nuggets. I'm not worried about the Nuggets. And Jamal Murray's got to get healthy. You can see him every game. He's playing with his elbow and his shoulder. He's not healthy, but... The big fella is so damn good. And Michael Porter Jr. is just figuring out how good he's going to be offensively. Defensively, they need to get a little better. And that's going to be a challenge for them. But I I think they're legit. And like we saw in the bubble. If you want to win at the highest level, it, you really need to have two guys who can create their own shots at, at an elite or at least above average level. And then Murray and Jokic, they've they've got that. And Jok, Jokic might be the MVP right now. If you stop the voting today, he might be the MVP. Wow.
1: Since Stacey brought up the Western Conference, you think we'll get the all-Staple Center Western Conference final? Or is there just too much going on inside that Clippers organization that uh, they may not get to the finals again, the Western Conference finals this year?
2: No, they're the odds-on favorite to play the Lakers. There. I think they're they're uh, they have more two-way potential than the Nuggets, right? They have fewer questions to answer on on defense for sure, and their offense is number two in the league. So everything I've heard coming out of the Clippers is is pretty like everything's copacetic this season, you know. And and Ty Lue has made some adjustments, and some guys have different roles than they had last year, but Paul George is playing great. He's doing everything he promised he would do before the season when he said he's going to he's going to show people that he's still Paul George. So I think it's it's totally plausible. It would be really really fun to have to have that LALA LA series. If maybe we could have it with fans at some point, that would be amazing.
3: Would you think that the Miami Heat, who is the surprise bubble team who went through everybody in the bubble and they've struggled a little bit with injuries, Jimmy's been in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, they had a chance to make that move to get Harden. Um, that was some of the uh, one of the things they maybe said they Bradley did. Beale. They they had a chance to get Harden, and I think they would have had to give up both their shooters, um, Hero and uh, uh, Duncan. Um, would you have made that move if if you had a chance to get Harden and you had to give up, you know, you had to give up one of your young shooters and uh, maybe some picks to get Harden? Would you have made that well, move for Miami?
2: When you look at what Houston actually got. I don't think Miami had a chance. I mean, like, I don't think, cause they already, they owe picks already. So they're limited in the number of picks they can trade. And you look at, I mean, they didn't get Levert, but they turned Levert into Victor Oladipo and they could have had Jared Allen. I mean, you look at all the picks and all the swaps they got. I'm not sure Miami can get in into that ballpark, but yeah, I mean, everyone, I remember reading these reports that, Oh, Tyler hero has been taken off the table and James Harden trades I'm like that. <laughs> that's not a thing. Like, I, I'm not sure Tyler Hero is on the table, but I know damn well sure Pat Riley is like, no, hard no. We're not even going to take a call on Tyler Hero. Like, this is the heat. They chase yeah. superstar players. That's what they do. And, man, you put Harden with Jimmy and Bam, two guys who defend like that, like, that. that's pretty interesting, who can cover for his weaknesses. So, you know, they're in a deep hole right now. I'm not sure they have the juice to get Bradley Beal, so they're probably going to have to dig out of it with what they got.
1: Zach, you've been so generous with your time. We appreciate you catching us up on what's going on here at home with the Bulls and around the NBA. Keep up the great work. We love the podcast. As I mentioned, the 10 things I like and don't like is just fantastic. It's a it's must-see every week, and we appreciate you joining us here on Give Me the Hot Sauce. You know, won't be long. Stacey King is the biggest draw in Chicago. I mean, we'll, we'll, <laughs> will that ever, up, will that ever change at some no, point in the future?
2: Man. No, no, I'm not. no, it will not. It will not. I thank <laughs> you guys for having me. It's, it's funny. Can I give one guy some love before I get off? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. How about my guy Thaddeus Young? Oh, he's been oh, great. oh, triple, triple, double threat every game, spraying passes all hey. over the place. I love Thad Young. I caught Stacey him, ca- yeah.
3: him th- <laughs> Thadjic Johnson yesterday. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. I he love was, it. I'm going to tell you something about him. We, last year, You know, he came here with the premise of he was going to be a starter or have a prominent role under Jim Boylan, and it didn't work out for whatever reason. He was a great pro, consummate pro, didn't pout, didn't cause problems, didn't force a trade. He just handled his business, you know, was an example to these younger players. And now Billy Donovan, who recognizes – what he can do because everybody knows thad's game you know he's got that great post-up game he takes advantage of matchups uh he's not a three-point shooter but he can he's he can shoot it and and keep you honest but it was it's so great these last few games uh to see him do the things that he's doing and and letting people know that he's still a good basketball player he's just not a guy you just fill in and saying, oh he's a role player he's a very good basketball player and a
2: lot of fun with him and Lowry together at the four and the five. A lot of space. He's rolling, spraying pads. He's, he, they're they're fun to watch when yeah. they play that way. Yeah,
3: they are. He was like plus eighteen or something last night with him being on the floor. So he's he's a positive. Uh, He's a positive impact when he comes to the game. I'm glad to see him get off. And we had him on an interview yesterday and we interviewed him after the game and nobody had a beep button. He was just cursing. I'm like, okay, is anybody gonna beep into this out? He was just he was just going. It was unfiltered, but it was raw and it was funny and we had a good time with him.
2: That was great. That's great. Well, I'll tell I'm him glad you said I'm what's up. I'll tell
3: him you said what's up.
2: Yeah, the
1: shackles have been good. taken off. Jim Boylan's shackles are gone. Now he yeah, can be free. Yeah, he's in, in free. The Billy Donovan free
3: at last.
1: <laughs> Zach, thank you so much for joining us. People follow him on all the various ESPN platforms. The great Zach Lowe on the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. Coming up next, we go Off the Wall with Stacey King. Hey, we want to welcome a brand new sponsor, our initial sponsor here on the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast, the great Bubble Up app. We use it preparing for every show, organizing our files, our stories from around the NBA and around the sports world. And we are digging into the Bubble Up file for some news from the world of baseball. And this is one of those strange seasons where, because of the pandemic, there has was some talk that Major League Baseball was going to try to push back the start of the season for a month, maybe to try to get some more fans into the stands for the start of the regular season. But the Players Association, it seems like in baseball, the Players Union and the owners always go head-to-head, and the Players Association said, not so fast. We don't want the commissioner to have the ability to cancel games and reschedule everything. So they said they want to go business as usual, which means pitchers and catchers will report in just a couple of weeks, and then it'll be time to start a 162-game season. Hopefully at some point this summer we can get the whole gang out uh, to Wrigley or Guaranteed Rate and have some beers and enjoy some baseball, right?
4: Yeah, um, but that did come down a couple days ago. They're going to start a little bit later. No, they're not. The oh. players,
1: players' union said no. Oh, no, they no, said no, no to that no, recent? No. Okay. No, they're going to start on time because okay. the players' association decided that's the way they, they want. want they do not want to give the commissioner unlimited power. So, once again, John
4: didn't check the latest didn't thing in the bubble-up you know, file, so he's a, the a day late and a dollar wow. short. <laughs> I must have missed that one when I put it in there with all the other. You know
1: what, Stacey? So he's gonna try to fix that in editing. Yeah, but I, I'm not sure he's yeah. gonna be able to. I you don't know? think you are either. No, 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 I'm no, gonna no. redeem
4: myself with my knowledge of one Arenado when we yeah. get there. But well,
1: that's, that's anyway. what that's that's our next topic because I know Cub fans are steamed. You know, they did pick up Jock Peterson, who is kind of a a Kyle Schwarber uh, clone, really. I mean, the same kind of player, yeah. all or nothing, feaster, famine, power hitter, yep. better outfielder than Kyle, but yep. you know. Yeah, his on-base percentage is about the same for his career. I don't think that's going to push the Cubs into a new stratosphere, but for the Cardinals, first they got Paul Goldschmidt a couple years ago, signed him to an extension. Now they get the Gold Glove third baseman Nolan Arenado, who is one of the best players in the game that people don't know because he toils in Colorado. Stacy, that's a pretty nice move for the Cardinals.
3: Huge, huge. It takes him to a different level. Oh, yeah. my goodness. It's why most teams are sleeping. The Cardinals are trying to get better. Yeah. And the Cubs. Oh. Doesn't it feel like
4: <laughs> the Cubs are going in the wrong, like they, they reached the mountaintop and it's just been kind of a slow. Now it's starting to accelerate a little bit when they're talking about bringing in Samarja and Arietta. And think about Chris Bryant, where he went college player, minor player of the league and a rookie of the year MVP. They won the world series last year. He's eight against the Marlins. It says he's enjoying baseball. Like he used to like, what what's going on with him because I mean I think the injuries have kind of caught up to him you know he was a product of of you know a,
1: kind of a stage dad his dad played minor league baseball Red Mike, Sox, yeah. and he had him in the basement hitting baseballs around the clock and I think that you know he's had some shoulder issues I just don't know if he can ever get back to being that power hitter now, now I'm not saying he can't be a good productive hitter
4: but I think the power is pretty much gone for Chris Bryant yeah well I think he needs to get in the weight room as far as I'm concerned, because, I mean, I'm sorry, but... Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Yeah. Come here. That guy right there is I, talking I, about you. Hey, I, I love his game, but, I mean, if you look at guys, watch Nolan Aranato and see how that guy's built, and a lot of the guys are, you know, Paul Goldschmidt you just mentioned. I, I don't see it. Uh, I don't, I mean, he's a phenomenal hitter, and he had amazing year in 2016, but he's broken down a lot, and I think, you know, he's a young guy, so... You know, like I said,
3: maybe you I'm, to- I'm just, you know, <laughs> what happened to the Cubs? I mean, they they were a team that you thought was going to go to the World Series multiple times right. with the yeah. roster right. that they had put guys together. Guys didn't develop. Their, their core group of guys at the key positions were basically babies. And they've went to one World Series. I mean, yeah. and they haven't been back and they just haven't looked the same. You know, I, I felt the year after they won the World Series, because I know, because this is what happens when you win a championship, okay? They're a little bit different, though, because, you know, it was over 100 years, and so they were partying for all the people who missed the 100 years <laughs> oh, before, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay? But what happens is, is there's a carryover, okay? You're still partying. You're still in that party mode. And when the regular season starts again, you have to be mentally ready to start the new season disconnect from the season before, and I don't think they did that. I I think they were still, you know, living it up that they won the World Series. And I know with the Bulls, you know, winning the first one, we knew how hard it was to get that first one. And now we know what it takes to get the second one. So let's put the first one behind us. That's that's what made Phil Jackson a great coach. And then having veteran players like, you know, Bill Cartwright, Paxson, you know, Scotty, Michael, that we all forgot about that we it's a new year. This is a new challenge. Now there's a bunch of new people that are aiming for our heads. And I don't think the Cubs took that approach. I think they felt like, oh man, we're gonna listen to our press clippings. We're, we're so good. We got so much young talent. Um, that we're gonna we're just going to be back every year, and it hasn't happened.
4: You know, that's so well-spoken from a three-time NBA you, champion and <laughs> the guy that's wearing the White Sox cap as well. Thank you. Wow, <laughs> you got to tell the viewers well, that. Yeah, hey, baby, well, Southside, baby, Southside. Southside. But, you know, you didn't mention one guy. They did that, and they had to go get Chapman. They had to bring in Chapman, which was very controversial. But without Chapman, they don't win – they don't win the World Series, and then all the heat that Joe Madden took. But yeah, they gave up, up Glaber Torres, yeah, who turned into an all-star yeah. shortstop for the yeah. Yankees. And,
3: and you know what? And you know what? L- losing, losing Madden, I thought, you know, he took unnecessary blame. Yes, he did. And he took unnecessary blame. I mean, you take a team that wasn't a winner, that's never won anything, and then you turn him into an elite baseball organization in in such a short time that window that he did that was very short and I'm gonna give Theo Epstein a lot oh, of you credit too. Him lot of you credit. bring him over and he turns your whole program around because before he came I mean they had no they had no minor league had no they nothing. got they had nothing they weren't getting anything they were they were paying you know, like uh was it Soriano the kid from New York Soriano Alfonso Soriano oh, yeah, yeah. and him like like he was a, a 120. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was the desperation. Money, the money yeah. was not spent well, yep. And and the results showed that. And yep. then once you bring in a great GM, you hire a coach who's good with young talent because you remember what Madden did with Tampa Bay. Yeah, he had that young, that yes, young he did. squad and went he to the World it, Series, made him, made him winners. Yes, he did. So he has a history. And I thought he took too much uh, criticism when they weren't winning, and I think they should. They made a mistake by letting him
0: go. He need his T-shirt back. Try not to suck. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, they suck. They could reissue it this year. That's for sure. They
1: suck right now. Yeah, the biggest issue with the Cubs is they never were able to draft and develop young pitching. So they had to go out and make trades and trade their best prospects to get veteran pitchers. And now they're stuck in a situation where they've got three soft tossers. they just signed Trevor Williams. Interesting story there. His dad grew up in the Chicago area. He said he was in the stands in the bleachers for Ernie Banks' 500th home run. So that'll be an interesting
4: story. But great the, story, Mark. But I don't think it puts uh, puts wins on. No, I mean their inability
1: their inability <laughs> to develop young pitching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Has, has been what's killed. Yeah, that's well, why I mean, they, they had. Out. They had you Mark Darvish, Meyer, and They had all these guys that they Kerry drafted. Wood. Kerry
3: Wood they put too many innings on those guys and then you wear them out and then they're they're not able to they're (laughs) in their 25, 26 years old and they're ready to retire. You know, come on man. That that, you know somebody gotta take blame for that. Seriously, somebody got to take blame for that. Yeah. Because Mark Pryor had the ability to be a Cy Young winner when he came here. Oh yeah. And then pitching so much. Yeah and then I will say this too, because it it goes with basketball and football. These guys nowadays they do not take a rest. They play year round. Their oh, parents yeah. have them playing year round. I mean, my kids were on the 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 baseball circuit, going all over the place. And you would see guys like you know Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper played against my 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 middle son, and Bryce Harper was a man, for a kid for hire. He didn't have a team. People would pay for him and his family to come <laughs> play. He would play 160 games a year as like a 13, 14 year old kid. And so, so now when you see these kids breaking down with injuries, because you know, we always say they look like you know they got these Ferrari bodies. You know, you look at these. Oh my God, look yeah. at the muscles and that. But they got Toyota engines. You know, you go <laughs> back to the '80s, and the yeah. '90s, guys were guys didn't break down.
4: They were thin. guys.
3: Guys played through pain. Guys played. You know, nowadays people say like, you're crazy if you're playing with a with an injury. Yada yada. No, guys were tough. Guys didn't miss games. Like, when we won championships, we had the fewest games missed in that stretch run of three straight championships. We didn't have guys missing games. If we had a guy missing the game, it was because, like, Bill Cartwright. You know, Phil would know that we need Bill Cartwright at the end of the season more than we need him in the middle of the season. So he would give, you know, Bill Cartwright these sabbaticals. All right, Bill, take your family to Disney World for two weeks. You know, just get out of Chicago, go somewhere warm. And so then... That would give us, you know, that would give our older players rest. Our younger players would get that two weeks of playing. I, I was licking my chops when Bill would be gone. I am like, hey, Bill, are you leaving again this week? You know, yeah. I, I want to play. Yeah. So so Phil did that, and, and, and it worked yeah. for us. But we didn't play year-round. Phil would always tell us, you know what? When you come to camp, you know, when season's over, don't pick up a basketball, don't even come in the gym for about a month. But when you come to camp – you know, be about 60%, 60 to 70%, and we'll work our way up. But when I went to Pat Riley.
4: Ooh, the track shoes. Let you me had tell to, you something. You got to get the track shoes out, That's right? the
3: difference in, in how people do things. Pat Riley, if you're going to come to Pat Riley's camp, you better be 100% in shape. Navy seal in shape. There's a difference. Regular in shape, Navy seal in shape. Seal Team 10 shape, okay? I'm just telling you. Hey, you ask anybody I'm I'm gonna have some guests on the show. We're gonna talk about the legendary Pat Riley workouts. It was unbelievable. I'd wake up in the morning in a cold sweat. Got to practice. Got (laughs) to run suicides. I mean, everything was running suicides or sprints. Everything was based on like punishment, basically. (laughs) It was like military. Military. It was crazy. I mean, I was waiting for you. Ever see that when the Navy SEALs, when they're done, they 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 can't do anymore. They want a DOR drop on request. They going to go ring the bell. Yeah. Every day I'm looking for a bell. Like, is there a bell here? Hey, excuse me, Pat. Do you happen to have a bell I can ring? There was no bell, so I had to finish it out. What is this, like, officer and a gentleman? <laughs> or That's what? what it was. <laughs> oh, this Wally is, this no is tell- off the wall. It's <laughs> yeah. off the wall. I'm yeah. telling you, dude. I'm gonna have some guests on here that that played. He'll tell you, man. Yeah, we gotta
4: tell the story where you brought sneakers in or track shoes, track shoes instead of basketball Um, shoes. Remember, uh, (laughs) (laughs) he wouldn't get teeth because he was running with the. No, I'm gonna run with the bigs. No, you're (laughs) a Ford. No, No, yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I had had to sneak. No days off. I had to sneak in some air, uh, Uh air shoes that were light. No socks. I'm out there running like a Kenyan man out there. Like, I'm running. I'm out there running like no socks on, baby. I'm out like I'm running in the marathon, the Boston Marathon. Everybody was laughing at me like, hey, what are you doing with those shoes? Laugh now, cry later. Okay. I'm going to get my sprints done. Because, you know, if you didn't get, we had to run 17. So if any, if you listeners, if you're familiar with 17s, 17s is running side, the sideline back and forth 17 times, not long way, but from side to side. And you have to do them in a certain time. So, um, first, the first day I did it I didn't do them in the time I was supposed to do them and I think probably 85% of us didn't do them in the time that we're supposed to so I was like you know what my shoes were all wet and sweaty because it was hot and so I said you know what I'm going to try something different I'm going to put on some, some running shoes so I put on my little Nike running air shoes you know real light came in there no ankle tape no socks on <laughs> like a Kenyan runner <laughs> I'm ready and, it, and you know what I did all my time and you know what? About five of the players put them shoes on the next time.
4: Did you, you get a badge after that or something? No,
3: no. I just I just got that got that look. Like I can't believe you put those shoes on. <laughs> Sounds like he's going to prison.
1: He did his time. <laughs> hey, it was prison. So you brought your own shoes, but Uh-oh. that leads us into our next topic. Towels? Because we understand that, that when you go to the health club <laughs> or anywhere else, you, you bring your own towels because you have a strict adherence to the guy code.
3: Okay. Listeners. <laughs> <laughs> when you go to the health club and you you know you just get out of the shower and and you know you see you're sitting on a bench and then you see a guy come in and careful now yeah you know yeah, yeah, we're, this is still a, <laughs> this is PG rated you know but but you know I'm just I like you know I've seen guys do things with towels. That you just don't want to see. that scar you. <laughs> and without towels. And, and uh, you know, and it, it, there aren't enough washings
1: in the world yeah, to take yeah, that. Yeah, off. yeah.
3: And it just and so and they're all white. All yeah. the towels are always white. Right. And so, you know, they and you know, when you see these things that are not supposed to be done with towels, you just decide to bring your own <laughs> like, towel. So right. I bring my own towel, my bath towel, my washcloth, and then my workout towel. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's that's something you, you know, as a guy, it's like, it's like Oh man, I I just saw what he did with this white towel. It's not white anymore, so I'm not gonna bring. (laughs) I'm not gonna be using these towels. And and then they throw it right in the bin. Sure, sure. they throw it right in the bin. And you're like, and wash them all together. Yeah, okay. And so you sit there and you go, oh, or (laughs) that's a violation of man code. Okay. Or here's another here's another violation of man code. In that same locker room, you come out and you're sitting on a bench by yourself. There's like five benches open. Okay, there's anybody can come in and go to any part of the bench they want to, and there's lockers. So you always sit by your locker. Okay, I've had guys come into, <laughs> I've, I've had guys come into the locker room, their locker is nowhere near mine, but they decide to
4: undress. They, they,
3: they take their towel off, expose their bodies, dry off, and like right in my face, and I'm like. Like, excuse me. It can't, I mean, there's no one else here. It's, can you go somewhere else, please? Oh, oh this this is does it bother you. I go, yeah, man. Your body, <laughs> your body looks like a prune. Like, yeah, it does bother me. Like you're sitting here with, you know, exposed in, like in my face. It's like, and then you find out his locker was on the other side. And it's like, Whoa. okay, that's that's violation of the man code. Your card gets taken. Okay. Another thing. There's <laughs> a lot you, of <laughs> when wow. you go into the health club. And, you know, they have TVs in the men's locker room. You know, it's now it's all updated and stuff. So you have this big screen TV, sure. and there's nice furniture in there. And it's like re- – so, like, sometimes when you're getting ready to go home and say you're waiting for your kids or your wife, you want to sit there and watch the game and watch what's on TV. Never again will I ever sit in there and watch any games oh, in the leather chairs. I know These you're are nice leather chairs, okay? So when you walk into this – I'm not going to tell you what health club is because you know <laughs> what it is, Okay. <laughs> But you go in the health club and these nice, beautiful, plush leather chairs and then you see some hairy naked guy (laughs) sitting butt ass naked in the chair, sliding around on the leather, sliding around and then looking at you and he'll ask you this question. Oh, would you like to see something else? Like I like to see you get your ass out that chair and go put some clothes on. That's what I wanted you to see. Okay, I don't want to see anything on the TV. I want you to get your ass off there, your hairy naked butt, and go put some clothes on. That is a violation. But don't go COVID.
0: blow dry it and put your leg up on the counter. <laughs> you don't need to wow, see that. Why either. Is that Jesus.
5: <laughs>
3: wow, I've seen that. Yeah, exactly. I've seen that. It's yeah. just, I mean, so you're deal, saying cl- closing
4: the lock locker room? Right? No,
3: no, just, just, just you just can't do certain things, John. Like, I mean, seriously, like. Listen, I've been in locker rooms and showers, and I I don't get it. You know, I'm cool with all that, okay? When you go to health clubs, okay, when you see guys just do things that you don't even see athletes do, and it's just like, oh, what does your wife say? Like, you're just going to throw that back in the bin? Like, just throw it in the trash. Maybe that's why they're at the health club. Uh, You know what? Southside Susan comes in on the side over there. (laughs) She sneaks in. Tim, is there any violations that you would say that you don't like to see?
0: Uh, I've seen so many. If we're just talking about the health club, that's a long, long list. So we, we've seen some pretty bad things over there. But uh, how about just how they abuse some of the amenities up by the counters? Uh, sort of some of those lotions aren't supposed to go in certain spots in <laughs> public view. Uh-oh. What health club are you at? Uh, yeah. How Are you at Mitchell Brothers? I think he's got it confused. I'm pretty for sure we talking about the same exactly. But, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, but he you goes, know, how about that guy that you're always looking for, the uh, zipper on that hair suit he's wearing? Remember those guys? Oh. Like, geez, I couldn't tell. He walked in here with a suit on and shaved it all the way down. But no. And then they're blow-drying the whole body, throwing the leg up on the counter and <laughs> sw- swinging the old beanbag around to dry it up.
1: I hope people aren't listening to this over Oh, dinner. they're listening. They're I mean, listening. No, no, I mean they not eating at the time. Oh,
0: no, no, no. <laughs> well, it's just that it it's upsetting. John,
4: do
3: you, have any, do you have any stories? No, you
4: know, I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, you You covered it. You know, I think <laughs> I, I, I totally, you know, got to have some, cl- I mean, we have in our health club, we have a giant outdoor, not outdoor, but by the pool, they built a jacuzzi. So it's like all the kids and all the moms and dads and whatever. Yeah, have a party there. Then we have one in the men's room and I kind of think it's a party for one. <laughs> and that's all I'm gonna say. That and, and party for one. Keep right. keep your clothes keep your, keep your clothes on as much as you can.
0: Do they wear shorts? Uh,
4: I I try not to look too close. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. Yeah. They don't. They're they don't. they're in their butt naked <laughs> yeah. with the lights there, off. Yeah,
3: with the lights off, playing slow music. <laughs> <laughs> They're asking to help up. Can you throw a little uh, uh, blue eyes on? Uh, can you throw some Frank Sinatra on? Like I, I'm, I'm telling you, dude. That is another thing. Going into the steam room, okay? Yeah. Now, now the steam room, the steam room. You can't see anybody supposedly because there's steam everywhere. But I'm in, I'm in the steam room by myself. I normally go in there by myself. I don't like going there with a bunch of people. So I go in there by myself, and always it's like someone's got a radar. Like they're just following me like a LoJack system. They're following me into the steam room. All of a sudden, you know, we're, I got shorts on and a towel. He, the person comes in with shorts on tail, All of a sudden, he just undresses in the in the steam room. And I'm like, dude, really? Like, is, that the, and, and,
2: is that the same guy? No, or? it's not the same
3: guy. It's different people. <laughs> and then he starts doing these yoga stretches, like stretching. And I'm like. This isn't Bikram room yoga. I, I got to go, man. This is, this is not hot <laughs> yoga class. This is a damn steam room. Please stop. Okay? So that's a violation of man code. And one more thing. Because i you done got me on a roll here. I'm surprised you even go to no, a no. health club. <laughs> <I'm pretty laughs> no, okay, this is this is going away from the health club. This is going to the movies. Okay, so we go to I'm not gonna give any names uh, to this story. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> no. <Why> not? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna give any names to this story. The names are being protected. Okay, I'm not giving out any names. But so we go to this movie in uh Cleveland, uh, Ohio. And uh it's in a mall. So we're we're gonna be playing the Cavaliers or whatever. So we go to these movies. We're bored in Cleveland. Really not a lot to do in Cleveland, but, you know, it's a nice little place. So we go to this mall, we go to the mall, and we go to a movie. And the whole theater's open. There's seats everywhere, okay? Man code violation again. So we go in to sit down, okay? So since the theater's open, there's got to be seats everywhere. You don't have to sit. Like, if we all went to the movie, I wouldn't be sitting arm to arm with you. Now, if it was my wife, I'll sit next to her. OK, no, that's good. That's good. Yes. Yes. That's the, that's the, that's what you want. You want to sit next to your girlfriend or your wife. You don't want to sit next to a dude when there's like 100 seats open. So it's like, OK, so you sit down. I'm ready to watch the movie. I got my, my popcorn in the hand, got my drink, whatever. All of a sudden, this person sits next to me. I'm like looking at him I'm like, <laughs> really? He's like, what? I'm like, you're going to sit here. Yeah, this is a good seat. I don't I'm like, who said impersonation yeah, well, stuff? No, I'm just saying. Hey, <laughs> no, I'm trying to protect the people. This oh, like, you almost I, gave I, it I, away. You no, know, I'm just giving. I'm just using the voice. So, so y'all trying to give me in trouble. So, so I go, what are you doing next to me, man? There's like all these seats. Well, this is a great seat right here. I just really like this seat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, good so, so I go, I go, hey man, you violating the man code. You can't sit here. And so he's like. Really? And I go, yeah, you can't sit here, man. There's all these seats. Go go, get away from me, man. For somebody thinks we're here together. And you can't eat my popcorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's another thing. Don't reach for the popcorn. <laughs> hey,
4: do you think we could get a list? Because if, you know, I want to make sure I don't violate any, man. You know, there's so many <laughs> Yeah, rules. there's
0: there's so many rules, man. There's simple rules, though, John. What states did you pull his card after that?
3: Yeah, it got revoked. He, he's not gotten it back since.
1: What about the woman's code?
4: Oh,
0: I don't know. If I go back to the health club, there um, yes. at our club, I there's certain people you just don't want to see naked. Do you know what I mean? And it's like just too much. And now I go in there and I see these people, and I'm sort of like cast my gaze down to the floor, you know, because I'm like, oh, you can't get that image out of your brain. You mean people
3: that work at the front desk? Oh. <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. It's true. It, I'm telling you. It's a. Hey, just like when the guy you know drops towels, starts stretching, and you know drying off in front of you, and there's like all this room to go do this somewhere else, and it's like, come on, man! I, really?
2: Sometimes I think it's me though, because people just they walk in, drop
0: the towel, and they're just, you know, it's not just you, their And I mean, me, like I go in the, the stall and I'm trying to change my clothes. Like I don't know. Oh, you <laughs> you can't or see or, it? No, no. Or no. like when
3: you go into a urinal. And you're, you know, a private moment. You're just, you know, you're doing what you got to do in the urinal. The guy comes right next to you. There's like five stalls that you can go to, and he comes right next. Yeah, that's to a you. big violence. And then he yeah. starts talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, hey man, what do you, what do you think the team's gonna do this year? I'm like, dude. Well, I'm what like, does that guy sound like? Hey, 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 I mean, the guy's sitting there. I mean, you know how uncomfortable that is.
0: Is it the same guy?
3: No, it's not the same guy. <laughs> but, but you know how uncomfortable that is when you, when you're in there. And it's like there's like five, six stalls. And I'm, I mean, I'm on the stall by myself and the guy comes next to me and he's, you know, I'm trying to act like I'm not, I'm looking over here. Like, you know, leave me alone. And he's like, Hey, how you doing? What's going on? Maybe you oh, should
0: just go, man code.
3: <laughs> no, trust me, trust me. I did say that. I did say. I did say, man, you're violating the man code. You don't mind moving <laughs> over a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> all two right, stalls, so we'll try. Two stalls down. We'll try to get all
1: those violations posted on the website. <laughs> yeah. But uh, coming up next, we're gonna go rapid fire. The Super Bowl's coming up on Sunday. That's next. on give me the hot sauce. <laughs> It's time for Rapid Fire. We're going to focus on football, and what a trade happened over the weekend. We're thinking that trades can't happen until the start of the new league year. They can't be official until then, but the Rams and Lions got together. Matt Stafford, who Bear fans know very well, headed out to Los Angeles. Jared Goff goes to Motown, and some number one draft picks exchange hands as well. Stacy, what's your read on that deal?
3: Big-time trade. Um, I, I didn't see that one coming. I didn't even know they were discussing that, and and for Jared Goff to get traded from the Rams, I mean, they must have been really sour on him. Oh, yeah. Because oh, he's a time. young quarterback. They went to the Super went Bowl a couple Super years ago. Couple years Might ago.
4: have cost him the Super Bowl, too.
3: Yeah, I, I, I just know. I just feel like, you know, I mean, Stafford, is he, you got to ask your question, is it an upgrade? Is it an upgrade? I think um, so. You know, as quarterback. I, I'm telling you what, if I'm a GM, I'm getting in that Deshaun Watson conversation. I mean, because if you're looking for a quarterback that's a franchise quarterback that can take you to the next level, then what do you need to do to get him? I mean, what, what, what kind of package needs to be put together to get that type of guy?
1: Well, you look at what the Lions got. They got Goff. They got two number one picks. They got
4: a second-round pick, and that was because they had to take on Goff's big contract. So right. So they had to sweeten the but deal. But like you guys always say, those picks are going to be probably late first-round picks because the Rams are going to be around for a while. And they have a great defense. Yeah, they have a great defense, and they have weapons. And that owner there, he spends money like the federal government. I mean, they don't have a pick. It's like seven years in a row. Now. Right, that's right. uncomfortable. So they got the gonna, brand new stadium. It, brand new LA. That's a big draw. But you know, I'll just go back to what I'd like to see uh, Stafford with a with a good line and a decent team. I want to see what he can do. I mean, as a football fan, because you know he throws up huge numbers, and if he can stay healthy, I, I think I think it's it's the move. I, but I also what you also said between the lines. I think they wanted to get rid of golf
3: yeah I, I just think that you know I mean mentally maybe he's not mentally as tough as they think he should be you know games that they should have probably won that he might have cost him those games because you can't say it was their defense their defense kept him in the games you know, they got one of the best defenses in the NFL so
4: oh big time you know
3: so they, they probably felt like you know what we need to upgrade we need to get a big time quarterback in there that is that can you know that can basically take the pressure of being in a pressure situation.
1: There was one report that the Bears were among the teams that offered more than a single first-round draft pick for Matthew Stafford, which is kind of interesting. I don't think the Lions would have traded him within the division because you hate to see a guy come back, play two times a year, and maybe burn you. So, Stacey, where does that leave the Bears now in their quarterback pursuit? I know you feel like their best move is just sticking with Trubisky, but there's a lot of guys that are going to be changing teams. I've heard Jimmy Garoppolo mention he's a local product from Arlington Heights, took the 49ers to the Super Bowl just last season, but he's been hurt a lot.
3: You know, Jimmy Jimmy G doesn't move the needle for me. You know, I mean, he. you also got to remember, he was basically, you know, surrounded by great defense as well. And it kind of like hit him a little bit. And he was a, a game manager. He had some big games in there, and they were undefeated at some point when he won five or six games. But his defense pretty much, that defense carried him.
4: And he didn't make the big play in the Super Bowl. Yeah. He had an opportunity. I mean, they, yeah, were, he did. they were a dominant run team. And then in the Super Bowl, he could have made a couple of passes, you know, and that's what it really comes down to, right? I mean, a cup you know, you talk about what Brady did in the second half he threw, but, you know, he made enough plays, and I think that's what quarterbacks need to do, and that team was certainly capable of taking the Chiefs. And, well, and, you know,
3: and I think the 49ers are at a point now where they're saying, hey, look – you know this is might be as, as good as he's going to get oh yeah you know and so we might need to look at an upgrade at that position and to get us over the top because now you're constantly competing against Seattle every year the Rams, Rams. every year yeah. i mean and those are two teams with you know that are that are your rivals and so if they're upgrading you know you got Russell Wilson who's a stud quarterback i mean they got a pretty decent defense Arizona. as well Arizona Arizona's on the come up i mean they that west out there's tough
4: are you surprised at how hum- – we're talking about all these franchise quarterbacks, even Aaron Rodgers today. there's stock, you know, that uh, he doesn't want to be there. He wants to restructure, his, you know, his contract. He
1: wants he- to make him pay for drafting Jordan Love last yeah, year. Yeah. He wants a new deal.
4: And But, you know, you mentioned Deshaun Watson. I mean, you uh, we, we got Cam Newton out there. I mean, there are so many cor- – I mean, now we just had this trade – i have never we never seen this before in the NFL,
1: have we? No, we could see half of the league's quarterbacks moving from one city to the other, which is unprecedented. We've never seen anything like that. And when the music stops, you wonder which quarterback's going to be in the Bears' chair because Nick Foles is under contract for next season. He's probably back. Don't know what's going to happen with Mitchell Trubisky, but now I'm hearing the same retread names I heard last year, Cam Newton and Andy Dalton and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, the Bears can't do that, can they?
3: No. No, and I, no, no. I mean... Of all those quarterbacks you named, you know, um, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick's the only one that like kinda like excites you because when he plays and he's given an opportunity to play, he, he plays extremely well. He's almost forty well years old though. And, and and he plays extremely well and they win games. Now Cam Newton, I was really excited about Cam Newton going to New England. I was really excited about it. I said he's going to prove everybody wrong. He's going to get back to being that MVP caliber guy and it just wasn't. He just didn't look comfortable in their offense. Um it was it was run dominated for him to do more running than actually throwing. I don't know if his shoulder is 100% because he doesn't like he can throw the ball longer than 15 his yards. His
4: throwing motion looked very awkward to me and he like you said he couldn't throw more than 15 yards with any accuracy as well. But, man, as a Patriots fan, I loved watching him play, man. I didn't care if they won. that guy. Talk about tough. Wow. Oh, he's tough. Gritty, tough, has a great attitude. All the Patriot veterans want him back like McCordy. But I think with with COVID, with, with the late signing, I'd say bring him back because I think New England is – I mean, Stafford said he wouldn't go to New England What's that all about? And so if Cam Newton wants to come back and if he can get healthy, you know, and they can save their picks and just keep building that team, I think that's the way to go.
1: Well, the NFL offseason is going to be fascinating. Of course, we wouldn't be talking quarterback here in Chicago if Ryan Pace had drafted either Deshaun Watson <laughs> or Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes going to his second straight Super Bowl, taking on the legend Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Stacey, who do you like in that game?
3: I'm going with um, TB12. <clears throat> I just think legacy... There's a, so much that's involved, and I think he wants to prove to everyone that it wasn't the system in New England. It wasn't Bill Belichick was the reason why we won, and I think he's shown that, that he's gone to a different team, and it's the same results, and now the Super Bowl is at stake, and if he wins this Super Bowl, that just validates him arguably as the greatest quarterback of all time, in my opinion.
4: John? I'm right there with you, Senator. I'm going with... <laughs> Senator. Yep. What he, a surprise. Yeah, oh,
3: Wow. No, n- yeah, hey,
1: no
4: doubt. I, I No doubt.
1: Southside?
2: I'm going to say, hold my
5: beer. Tom Brady.
1: <laughs> <laughs> She's really adopted that Wisconsin lifestyle with the whole joint beer. What kind of beer would you... Uh, spotted cow, perhaps?
4: When, what was the score? He was yeah, down... Yeah, remember, 28-3, like, hold my beer. And they... They had no time left. Against and, the Falcons? Yeah. Yeah. right? And the meme was Tom Brady on the
1: sidelines, and he just goes, hold my beer." Right, right. Yeah, he's done that to a lot of teams, that's yeah. for but sure.
4: If you're asking, it's probably not a Miller Lite. Okay.
0: okay. <laughs> not, definitely not a Miller
1: Lite. <laughs> Timmy Whispers, who you got?
0: I'm going Tampa also, and uh, one thing that is interesting that I heard earlier today is that he'd be the third quarterback to win a Super Bowl uh, that's backed back as far as repeating for being the underdog.
1: Yeah, I think Kansas City is going to make it two in a row. I think that Tampa Bay got away with Aaron Rodgers having a rare off game in terms of missing some open receivers deep. I think Mahomes is going to burn them. So could be a high-scoring game,
4: but i like Kansas City to come out on I out heard top. the weather's a factor if you're betting. I heard there might be some weather really? moving into the area. And yeah, that's, In Florida? Yeah. It does rain in Florida. We <laughs> <laughs> call
0: that weather? We have like six feet of snow.
4: Speaking of which, I just want to say Super Bowl memories. That's one of my favorite halftime shows. You ever see the uh, Prince? When he oh went, yeah, yeah, and and he and they call, we were, I was there, uh, and they yeah, call him up because it was raining, and he said, "Can you make it rain?" Harder, how awesome is that? Wow. That sounds like a Staceyism. I want hey. to go higher, yeah. Hey,
3: I, I think my favorite my favorite halftime act was uh Justin Timberlake and uh Janet Jackson. <laughs> I was like, Hey, can we're we, going can back we to that the violation can of the we see that again? again? Oh, I, I was replaying back on my TV. Did that just happen? Oh, Lord, <laughs> touchdown sitting in your
1: leather chair, right, Stacey? <laughs>
5: sitting in my leather chair
3: and with baby oil all sliding around. That's <laughs> oh, at the health club. Good one. There you go. But that was awesome though. I ain't gonna lie, that was awesome. That was Damn, awesome. Man.
1: There's a visual awesome. image for you. We got we got more coming up. You never know what might happen when we go on the down low here on Gimme the Hot Sauce. It is time for on the down low on this week's edition of Gimme the Hot Sauce. And uh Stacy came dressed appropriately because one of the things that we want to talk about is a new documentary, a new thirty for thirty that's coming out on ESPN later this week. I believe it's Thursday night. The feud between Al Davis and Pete Rozelle, which was classic. And, and for people of a certain age, and I guess we're all of that certain age, watching the Raiders was a lot of fun. You know, I grew up in Wisconsin, so I was a Packers fan. But I my, my AFC team or AFL team when I was a kid was the Raiders. I love the Raiders. I love this Kenny the Snake, Stabler, and Cliff Branch, and Dave Casper, and all those guys, the great defense they had. Stacey, when you remember watching those days, you kind of rooted for Al Davis because he was going against the establishment.
3: Yeah, you always like the, the underdog. And I always felt that, you know, Al Davis was marching to his own beat and he didn't care what the establishment said. So I'm always going to side with the guys who are different. Um, and he was really different. And, um, you know, it was, it was, uh, he went through a lot of stuff, probably cost himself millions of dollars. But he had a point. I mean, he believed in what he was doing and it paid off in the end
1: i tell you what, I I love the Oakland Raiders. I didn't like the Los Angeles Raiders as much. That's back when uh, Marcus Allen was their star running back. They went to L.A. for a number of years, and then they left. The Rams left, and all of a sudden Los Angeles had no teams. That was quite a weird chapter in NFL history, and now Los Angeles again has two teams, the Rams and the L.A. Chargers.
3: Well, I mean, I think for me, you know, I'm a big football fan, so for me, just seeing that shield, you know, uh, growing up – you know, kids in the inner city. You know, rap groups used to wear it. N.W.A. used to use the Raiders emblem. Yeah, Um, for them, and that's how I always thought it was cool because it was like, you know, the silver and black. Silver and you black know, attack. Yeah, it was. It was. It had its own identity.
1: And they would come out to that song. That's that theme. That's Raider what NFL's theme, all about. 201, the yeah. NFL
4: films. I happen to work for the Raiders. You guys. Probably heard some of the stories I've told oh, you sure. about Al, the Maverick, the innovator, drafting guys like uh, Art Shell mm-hmm. out of Maryland, Eastern Shore, and Gene Upshaw, who anchored that line six, three Super Bowl wins in six years. Yeah, it's going to be a great watch. Yeah, I'm looking it.
1: forward to seeing that, seeing some of the old tape. Uh, Daryl LaMonica, the Mad Bomber. The Mad Bomber, yeah.
3: Ghost <laughs> yeah. of the Post. Yeah, Clarence Dave Davis. Dave Casper. Ooh, Ghost of the know, Post. Lester Hayes with the stickum, That's yeah. right.
4: <laughs> Just go deep, baby. Fred Blitnikoff. Oh, Just win.
3: My, yeah. uh, Branch. Uh, Cliff Branch. Uh, Cliff Branch. Yep. Oh, man, yep. I mean. The Assassin, I mean, Jack go, Tatum. Yeah, I mean, you go down. Ted Hendricks. Ted Hendricks. I mean, you look at all some of the great players that played for that organization, man. They have a long list of. All pros and Hall of Famers. Lyle Azedo, at the end of his career, played there, too. So,
1: yeah. Lyle. Hey, I don't know if this qualifies as on the down low, but it is a special occasion. Uh, we missed it last week. We did. Uh, we our did. guy, Stacey King, celebrated <laughs> a birthday. Belated happy birthday to Stacey King. What'd you do to celebrate, Stacey? Uh, you probably worked, huh?
3: Well, yeah, I was, and I was off on Friday, and uh, it kind of one of those situations <laughs> of being like um, – I'm like, I'm like a vampire, you know, we stopped celebrating birthdays like, at 32 <laughs> years old. So I could probably possibly be as old as Neil Funk right now.
1: Well, I'm way ahead of you, so I, cel- I stopped <laughs> celebrating a long time ago. Hey, and in honor of your birthday, we got a special guest here on Give Me the Hot Sauce, an old friend of yours from Los Angeles. John Q. John Reynolds. John Q. Reynolds States is going to be on oh! the show. John! And, and I guess, oh,
5: John! what's <laughs> up, baby? I guess he has
1: a special story about a birthday cake hey, yo, uh, in the
3: past. What's oh. going on, my man? <laughs>
5: You know, I didn't have time to get you anything for your birthday. I didn't want to send it, so I got you some tuna and a cookie.
3: both <laughs> 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 no Jolly
5: Ranchers. So I had to get this, buddy.
3: Oh, hey, you know what's the thought that counts, Jr. Man? How you doing, brother?
5: I'm doing fantastic. I was telling Johnny earlier. It's just it's not a lot of fun uh, walking into the Staples Center, not seeing you guys and all the other teams. It's. Uh, it's kind of a weird dichotomy, isn't it?
3: Oh, it's, it's real weird. I mean, it's just not the same. And for all our listeners out there, you Bulls fans, uh, this guy is – arguably the best stage manager that we work with throughout our travels in the NBA just a great guy always make sure everything is in order we never have to worry about anything and and he's fun at that I mean he's he showed us some little trick ways to get out of the you know get out of the Staples Center to get to the bus quicker where we used to have to walk like a mile to get to the bus (laughs) JR finally gave us a little secret and uh, now we know how to get out of the Staples Centers faster
5: well, I just you know, as, as it's it's always an honor to talk to a three time champion. And uh, I was looking at your stats, and uh, Diego Osella, you know who he is? Yeah. okay.
3: I know who he is.
5: Yeah, that was Stacy played in uh, Argentina. Was, that's right. That's right. yeah, that,
3: yeah and tennis <laughs> and tennis. Yeah. It was right yeah. out. it was it was during the strike, the strike shortened season. Um, I played down there with a, my good friend Stephen Edwards, who was, uh, who was the University of Miami product. His brother was Doug Edwards that played in the NBA, and we were on the same team. Benoit Benjamin was on that team for a little bit, and uh, I, I just went down there for a cultural type thing. I wanted to go down there and see what it's like to be in Argentina, and uh, oh, man, oh, Jesus! <laughs> <Whew.
5: laughs> oh. He said, hey, you got to bring up. You know, Stacy played in Argentina. I said, No, he was probably arrested in Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> that,
3: that almost happened.
5: <laughs> but he said you played there, and that guy, he was like Diego was one of the four or five players that had their jerseys yes. retired. I guess.
3: Yes, yes, yes. Big, big guy played with me. We had some fun down there, man. They got that team I played on is the equivalent in Argentina to like the Lakers or the Champion Bulls. They've won so many championships down there. Um, and they're able to get the top Americans to come down there and play because they got all the money. And so they win all the championships. Like the Celtics. Remember the Celtics only had like eight teams and they always won the championship? That's uh Antennas. That's how they are. Antennas of Cordoba. That's what it's that's uh name of the team and area. How did you get paid in cash? And I got paid in like, uh, like uh, food and <laughs> liquor. You know, that's you know they, you know the 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 money wasn't uh, always as good as as it is in America. You know, yeah. I, I just basically went down there because we were on a strike season, and I was going to be down there for about a month, month and a half, just to stay in shape. And then I just kind of use it as like a history, like type of tour. Just go down there someplace, leave your comfort zone. You know, go down there and 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 live like everybody else. And I tell you, beautiful country, beautiful fan base. I mean, soccer's the number one sport down there. Let's not fool ourselves. But um, there's a lot of there's a lot of good players that come from Argentina. I mean, I mean, look at Ginobili. You know, I played against Ginobili when he was still there. You know, he was a young kid. And uh, Andres Nocioni and all those guys come from Argentina. Luis Scola. All these great players that played in the NBA, um, you know, were great players in Argentina.
5: Well, I Johnny told me, uh, you know, the last time I saw you, I, my feelings were were kind of hurt. Uh, <laughs> oh man! Uh, what did birthday. he say? It was your birthday, and I and I went out. and I said, Johnny, we need to get Stacy something for his birthday since he's you know alone in a hotel. So I spent sixty-seven dollars on a cake. I had it custom made at Bristol Farms. And- <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> it was Ralphs. What are you it's <laughs> <laughs> It was Ralphs. Don't be <laughs> lying to
3: our listeners, Jr.
5: We, we we bring the cake and we show it to Stacy, and he looks at he goes, "I'm not eating this cake."
3: <laughs> <laughs> on
4: the air, by the way.
5: <laughs> like, so what do you mean you're not eating the cake? It's a beautiful cake. The lady took four hours to make it with your name, Stacy S T A C E Y. He said my name's S T A C Y. I was mortified, Johnny. did we not cry the whole night?
4: You know, you, you we did and that's why you belong on the red carpet because it it does have an E in his name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, we will we will share the photos of you on the red carpet because you yeah. are the stage manager of the stars
3: and yeah. hey JR, a lot of times, though, I'm, I get a lot of, you know, people offer me cookies and stuff like that. And, uh, I you know, no. you never know if it's an assassination attempt. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you my boy. I know it ain't going to happen to you. But, right here. you know, somebody this somebody is- gave somebody Rap. gave uh, gave uh, uh, Neil some X-Lax brownies oh. one day. <laughs> and uh, the, the lady said, no, these are great brownies. I, I think we're in New Orleans. And he ate him and he was going to the bathroom like all the time. And I said, I'll never eat from anybody. Give me anything else. Never again.
1: The King's got to hire a food taster on the road. Yes. Yes.
3: (laughs) So he wasn't happy then either. (laughs) No. You know what? I just, I just, I talked to him a few weeks ago. He's in Florida right now. He's uh, playing a lot of golf, uh, having a good time, enjoying retirement. And, uh, you know, he, he, he misses, he misses the camaraderie and, and, you know, the everyday part of being around all the people, just like you do as a player. But uh, he he's yeah. enjoying his, his life in retirement and hanging out with his wife Renee and all his grandkids, and he's just having a blast. Hey John,
1: thank yeah, you. St- you thank you so much for joining us, making Stacy's uh, belated <laughs> birthday just a little bit more special. And, and look and at he's, his looking, hat. he's looking look at forward his hat. He's, to seeing you. He's in Los over Angeles. there playing golf. He playing right. a
3: lot of golf. Look at him, got Taylor made hat on, <laughs> got a little sweater on. I see you. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, your checks in the mail. But it won't be there until 2028. Okay, <laughs> right now we're on a budget, JR. We can, we can send you some gummy bears, though. We got some Haribo Coca Cola yeah. gummy bears that we sent all our guests. Or some
4: mm-hmm. mixtapes, right? You still have those mixtapes?
3: Yeah.
5: It'll be good, all right?
3: All
4: right, buddy.
1: Happy New Year. Thanks, John. Hey, before, before we get out of here, we were in Los Angeles. And so, before we got, you know, traveling in the we- in the winter weather is not the greatest thing. And I guess the, the Walshers had a bad experience trying to get downtown Chicago, didn't you?
4: Well, yeah, we did until we hit the border and, you know, you, you have to lose, I guess, an election down here to get the <laughs> wow. roads right and uh, wow. right, I mean, isn't that how it goes and and it was uh smooth sailing from the Eden's on. So, we had uh Southside Sue was uh at, you know, on the side trying to take some photos and document the travel, but uh yeah, we did make it. It was Smooth sailing in Chicago. So
1: those Illinois tolls going into good use, clearing well, the
4: roads. The, no, the toll well, the toll road was not. Oh, it wasn't. No, it, the Eden Spur. Trying to get some the, endorsements. Eden's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then We'll the, get the state of Illinois behind it. And then the the, 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 the Kennedy,
3: drink a cynthia
4: <laughs> So
3: speaking of that, shameless endorsement
4: products. What do we say at the end of each show?
3: Drive Bye. home safely, <laughs> BB. Beep,
4: beep. We'll see you next week.